0: Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest on this Christmas Eve with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Our first guest is a distinguished legislator from the 37th Legislative District of Washington State. Uh, she is chair of the House Education Committee and she is the sole sponsor of House Bill 1918 that created the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, I pay an honor and tribute to Reverend Dr. Samuel, the late Reverend Dr. Sammy Berry McKinney, who was responsible for the building being erected to house the Seattle Opportunities Industrialization Center, known as SOIC, that trained a whole bunch of brothers and sisters and put them in the middle class. So my our guest for Hayward Evans and I right now is Representative Santos. Representative Santos, as usual, thank you very much for taking time to talk about the people's business. And you got quite a few things happening right now and we're gonna it's gonna be a very strange legislative session so why don't you tell us how the people's business will be conducted in the view of uh COVID 19.
1: well thank you eddie for inviting me uh and thank you hayward um merry christmas happy kwanzaa happy new year to the both of you and to all of your uh listening audience um this is indeed going to be a uh, historic, I think you can call it an historic uh, legislative session, um, where for the very first time we will be uh, hosting the uh, uh, legislative business of the the people of the state of Washington entirely remotely. Um, uh, We're still filling out all the details, but I can tell you that sort of in general um, there will be one day uh, that we will be on campus um, and uh, the campus is used loosely um, and that would be the opening day. And that is because the rules of the legislature do require that we need in person uh, to adopt new rules. And um, so the question is finding a location in Olympia that is large enough for us to meet in person with uh, um, face masks and six feet uh, between us and all of our um, staff. And that place is not uh, the floor of the House of Representatives. So I'm in the dark right now as to where that place is going to be. But that will be the one time we meet in person to adopt new rules, allowing us to meet remotely remotely. Uh, once we do that, uh, there are going to be some changes um, in so far that we have reduced the number of committees, um, standing committees that do the uh, business of the people. Uh, my committees have, uh, especially my education committee, has shrunk by almost half. Um, and so it will be a very small committee. And by the way, my committee assignments are education that I chair, as you noted. I also serve on consumer protection and business, as well as on the capital budget committee. Um, our uh, committee uh, uh, proceedings um, are, are going to allow for remote testimony. Um, that is going to be interesting and unusual, and for the opportunity to provide written testimony through a portal, Um, that information will be um, uh, available online at uh, our website, www.leg.gov. I don't know uh, exactly otherwise how people are being directed uh, to um, the new Procedures. I will, and I think you will be happy about this in particular, uh, Eddie, um, because I know you have been urging me in this direction for many, many years. I do have a legislative Facebook page uh, that people can go uh, find. It's Rep Sharon Tomiko Santos. And we will be starting to send out Facebook posts on what do you do and how do you find the information to be able to testify in committees. Barring that, the only other thing I would say is that in uh, order to be in compliance with open public meetings, all of our committee meetings will be um, uh, publicly streamed on TVW's um, app. Uh, So you would go to TVW.org and all of our committee meetings as well as our legislative session will be streamed live. And um, wish us well, because I think there will be a lot of fumbling and bumbling as we try to manage uh, the uh, technology uh, that is demanded now by the pandemic. Uh, As I have uh, shared with other members of the public and of uh, the legislature, I find that I am a dinosaur from a pre-technology age. And so I will particularly appreciate people's thoughts as um, I'm trying to navigate this new environment.
0: Well, welcome to the club, Representative Santos. I'd be in technology <laughs> preschool myself. <laughs> but, but Anyway, you mentioned the committees. You, I know the education committee is very, very important, but I'm sure that uh, the chair of the, of the president of the board of the CDCPDA, Dr. Raymond Lewis, would want to be more interested at this juncture about your role with the capital budget committee. Because as you know, there is a drastic need for some rehabilitation and upgrades at uh, at the CPCDA, the McKinney Center on 22nd and Jackson. You know, we know that you were the sole sponsor of House Bill 1918, went unopposed to the House and the Senate. So now we have that completed. The board is in place. Uh, I think uh, a vice chair of the board, uh, 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 Gerald Bradford is uh, over, overseeing the, the remodeling and, and construction. So uh, I'm sure they wanna know what are the chances like of being able to tap into the capital budget committee? I mean, uh, funds this year. And is it possible for a, uh, a a member to make a request before I go to Hayward Evans?
1: Sure. Um, the uh, And I, too, as you know, am very anxious about making sure that we continue to uh, support the uh, rehabilitation um, of the McKinney Center for Community uh, and Economic Development, um, because this is an important resource for our community in multiple ways, and um, of course we know that going into this, the the state uh, is was not a good steward um, in the past of the building, um, and uh, we want to make sure that we don't uh, allow this building to. Uh, fall into further disrepair uh, simply because of uh, budget challenges we know that it's going to uh, that the estimated cost of just uh, rehabilitating it uh, to um, to ensure full functioning of the building is about 26 million dollars that is of course a lot of money Um, I am uh, very very pleased that despite the fiscal challenges that the state continues to face uh, that the governor uh, included a million dollars in his proposed budget uh, for uh, the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development I think that is a good place to begin Um, I think that if possible um, we should continue to press for a little more. I think that, as I recall, I was informed by uh, the president of the board, Dr. Lewis, that they did, uh, meaning the uh, CDC-PDA board, had put in a request that was closer to the full cost of rehabilitating um, uh, the building. And um, I think it, there is a way forward to um, set the project uh, rehabilitation in stages um, that might fit both uh, the needs of the building, getting it um, inhabited, and the uh, parameters and constraints of the state right now. Um, so uh, yes, I do think that there's an opportunity for uh, the CDC PDA to potentially get additional funds. Um, And that's what I will be looking for. um, In addition to uh, trying to point to other opportunities to phase in funding for the building.
0: Hey, would you have a question or comment for Uh, Representative Santos?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do.
2: Thank you, Representative Santos for being here. You know, and I keep thinking back, everybody's saying Black Lives Matter, okay. Now we know you've always, you can go back all the way to the beginning with you and Black Lives Matter. So that should never be a challenging issue. How's uh, um, Lori Jenkins, Jenkins holding up the, the Speaker of the House? Is she being supportive of what you're uh, proposing?
1: Uh, yes. She, she, I, will, I will say that Speaker Jenkins is um, being uh, supportive, not just of my request, uh, but um, as you know, um, this is an historic uh, session for um, uh, the House in another way. We have the largest contingent of African-American legislators ever in the history of the state of Washington coming into uh, uh, Olympia virtually um, this year. So the Black Members Caucus uh, is huge when you combine both the Senate and the House numbers, um, and I think that that, too, uh, has an a tremendous impact on our ability to move forward legislation. Um, I think you see that reflected as well on uh, uh, the committee assignments uh, that uh, our our members um, have been given, and um, with the role of the police accountability aspect of Black Black Lives Matter. Um, I think it's truly reflected at least in the House uh, of Uh, The number of people of color who are sitting on the committee that will be dealing with the 17 or so uh, different bills dealing with uh, police accountability. And so I think that that's something that we should, we as a community, uh, should take a lot of uh, pride in and continue to hold all of us accountable for.
2: You, you know, on, on that note, how how does Senator Hasegawa's bill look, the, the Washington State Investment Trust? I mean, this could save the state. If they're trying to balance the budget, they're talking with the capital gains tax now to try to generate more revenue. What's going on with the bank? Because we totally support the Washington State Bank 100%. Yeah, um,
1: that's a great question. And as you know, I also support it 100%. Um, one of the challenges that we have uh, in the legislative session that is going remotely is something that we can't change, really, is time. You know, there's still always going to be 60 minutes in an hour and 24 hours in a day, and by our Constitution, 105 days in the legislative session. So given that, um, we also know that um, uh, working within, with technology actually is going to slow the process down further. It's not going to expedite it, it's gonna slow it down um, in order to make sure that we have, um, uh, how shall I say it, Um, that we meet the requirements around um, open public meetings, uh, around public records, um, those types of things. So for uh, for an example, this is a very small example, but this is an example of how things are gonna slow down. Um, One of the things we often do in the House, um, because we do not have the same uh, rules as the Senate, is people are accustomed to um, our electronic uh, voting on the floor. Um, And we're going to do something like that uh, uh, in session this year. Um, But in committees, we often resort, since we don't have those electronic buttons in committee, we often resort to something that's called um, uh, voice vote. Uh, rather than a roll call vote where you call each member by name, uh, and that person uh, votes I or nay. Um, because of the sensitivity of the speaker in k- picking up more than one word, so if you only say I, the microphone may or may not pick it up is what our technicians have determined. So um, now every vote, whether it's uh, final passage or if it's amendment usually we can do roll call on amendments where all in favor say aye all in opposed say nay and we can you know kind of run through the amendments pretty quickly now um, even amendments will have to be roll called and not only will the individual member have to just say aye when the uh, clerk or whomever calls uh, the member's name the member will have to say Uh, Representative Santos votes I so it's more than one word all of this to say um, the number of bills that we're able to get through is very limited and so one of the ways that the House and the Senate are trying to find a way to maximize the number of bills that get through is to have some um, sense of agreement between the chambers as to who is filing what bill and not have, as we have often counseled in the past, that uh, advocates uh, bring forward companion bills so that if one gets stuck, the other one is uh, has the opportunity to go forward. We're actually doing the opposite this year. We're trying to figure uh-huh. out in advance if a bill is even going to make it through, and if it has no chance of making it through, um, then it's probably not even going to be heard, and that is a long way of saying uh, it is Senator Hussagawa's bill. I would be very surprised to see a House bill. And I don't know, um, therefore, what um, what is going on in the Senate with Senator Hussagawa's bill. That was a very long answer. I'm sorry, but I wanted you to understand the why.
0: Well, Representative Santos, uh, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out today. I do want to let Hayward know that the speaker, Lori Jenkins, I first met her at uh, the Tacoma Pierce County Black Elective and then I met her again as a matter of fact we got a flick with Representative Santos and her supporters when Representative Santos hosted a gathering for uh, the speaker the first female speaker in the history of the state of Washington and uh, she held it on a Monday night football game the Seahawks were playing but I came anyway
1: sorry yes you did (laughs) sorry
0: that's all right so thank you very much Representative Santos and uh, I know that uh, CPCDA will be looking for your leadership and your support and uh, we'll do whatever we have to do to make sure something good happens. So thank you very much for your time today.
1: Well,
0: Merry Christmas. So much, Eddie.
1: Merry Christmas to you and everybody listening. Bye-bye. Here's to 2021. Okay. okay we're
0: going to take a quick break and break, take a break, Eric, and come back with our next guest after this.
3: List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen Workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctackshops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper to bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tequila, and the airport. Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
3: Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day.
0: You ride back at Urban Forum Northwest on Christmas Eve, just finished talking with representative Sharon Tomiko Santos. We want to thank me and Rice, the Port of Seattle for their sponsorship. Uh, matter of fact, uh, we also want to thank uh, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office led by Liz Sales uh, happy birthday to her and Jesse and Mark and other gangs down there, Carol and all the folks that work in that office. And also, Sound Transit's uh, Labor and uh, Civil Rights Office, with Leslie Jones. Merry Christmas to you. And also, we want to mer- wish a Merry Christmas to Stephanie Ogle, who does all of our technology, SeaTag uh, Bar Group LLC, Jerry Whitsett and Rod O'Neill, uh, Concourse and Session with Dave pukahara And I'm leaving somebody out. Our next guest is uh, University Place Mayor Kent Keel, who is also the Chair of the Board of Sound Transit. So, Mayor Kent, how are you doing? I'm doing great, sir, how about Okay, my co-host is Hayward Evans, and we're glad you're able to take this time off. As you know, this is Christmas Eve, want to say Merry Christmas to you and your family. And, you know, just reading a little bit about you, Mayor Kent, uh, Pierce County is one of, probably one of the few counties in the Northwest that have two black mayors in one county, uh, with Victoria Wooders being the mayor of, of Tacoma, and you've been in University Place, and you've been on. Served, went to the uh, county the city council in t- uh, 2011, and you have also progressed to be at lead uh, be the vice president of the association of Washington cities. So uh, actually, we want to talk more about your role at Sound Transit, uh, uh, in terms of being the chair. Uh, what are your responsibilities? You've been on the board for how long, sir? Uh, I think I'm in my fourth year. You know, just... And you guys have the Thursday meetings. And why don't you give our listening audience some, some kind of idea of what the annual budget for sound transit is? Yeah, thank you, this uh, we... Our
5: 2021 budget is around $3 billion. Yeah, that's, that's a $3 billion. And uh, for 2021, and uh, that's what we that's the revenue that's going to come in. And you're actually going to spend, I'm sorry, $3.1 billion.
0: And right now, you guys are going north, you're going south, you're going east. Uh, Can you share with our listeners right now about where you are and what the ultimate goals are for Sound Transit?
5: Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, back when Sound Transit was formed, uh, the voters in three counties, the homers, King, and Pierce, uh, collectively, uh, voted to pass Sound Transit and actually delivered about $54 billion, uh, worth of projects in all three counties. And, uh, we have a, uh, what we call the spine that actually will go for light rail that will actually go from to Holmes County, Everett, move north to Everett, um, down into Tacoma, and all the way to, you know, to Tacoma, TCC, which is uh, pretty good, the westernmost part of, of uh, the city. So it's pretty ambitious. Uh, and from there, we were going to go uh, east and west, uh, out to uh, West Seattle, uh, across the waterway into Ballard. In East uh, into uh, East
0: King County, uh,
5: Isquah
0: and and Bellevue. Just out of curiosity, with uh, I guess we have to look, look at this. Uh, what has impact has had the, uh, the the coronavirus? What what impact has that had on Sound Soundtramps's bottom line and ridership? Yeah, no. I mean, it, as
5: everyone knows, it it, it was a uh, very significant. To our ridership, and to all of public transportation, and to any business at all uh, in you know, across the whole world. So um, the ridership dropped to dropped 80 uh, percent, is our estimate. And uh, not only riders, but our, our, our transit operators uh, were affected as maintenance people, office people, I mean, everything, uh, as everyone knows, came to a halt. And, and sound transit was no different uh, than what's happened across the world. And so, um, to the credit of our CEO and senior staff, as well as the, all of the staff members, they, we had to pivot and really uh, make some changes around how we delivered public uh, transportation uh, for sound transit. Uh, people were working from home. Uh, the transit operators still had to go in to operate the, uh, the vehicles. So we had to uh, do, a of, do a lot of safety measures and buy a lot of particular equipment. Uh, we modified how uh, those folks that were riding actually entered and exited our our, uh, our uh, vehicles uh, in the pieces. Where we couldn't make that safely, we just uh, suspended the fare, the paying of the fares. So people just ride for the freedoms, get on, and just go. Uh, also, you know, with our building. Of the uh, construction work we had uh, to halt construction for a few months to uh, get our heads around how we're going to keep.
0: Before I go to Hayward Evans, my co-host, I want to let everybody know you listen to Mayor Kent Kill of University Place. He is the chair of the Sound Transit Board of Directors. Hayward Evans.
2: Mayor Kiel, first, thank you for being here with us. You know, me, I totally support Sound Transit and the vision 100%. And I look at worldwide transportation systems, and we need to get into the game. And this covid will one day uh, subside and transit will be there. I used to ride the train all the time. I like the train. So I'm I'm definitely saluting you. And also I just want to give a shout out to Leslie Jones. So when you see her down there, some of the meetings say, hey, the community got her back. That diversity and inclusion that was passed by you, the board, uh, we're very, very appreciative of. I guess I'm going to go back to the question, how long do you think it's going to be before we have the entire project completed i know you were saying that the budget for 20 uh 2021 to 2023 is is, uh over a little over 3 billion but how long is it going to take before the project is completed yeah i mean that that's a great
5: question um our our original plans we depend upon which section that you talked about we, we have it broken out in sections so for each uh section there's a year what uh, we we'll call a into service. Okay. And so you will have to and I don't have all those details in front of me, but uh the last uh, uh section to be complete under under Sound Transit Trans, Sound Transit Three, um, the original schedule was uh, around twenty thirty-five somewhere along in there. Uh and that's actually going out to uh Tacoma Community College. Uh, was the last assignment call. Now, with, uh, with the pandemic, uh, what we're going through right now is we're, we're, we're doing uh, an exercise called realignment that, uh, will start, uh, in January. We'll have our first workshop. Well, our, our first workshop to talk about how we want to change that plan or how the plan has to change. And so, uh, around the June timeframe of 2021, there'll probably be an
0: a updated Schedule. So, uh, Mayor Ken, I want to ask you, are, are you still involved with uh, the Washington Association of Cities as you were the vice president? I don't know if you still hold that position or not? Uh,
5: yeah, I'm still, uh, yes, I'm still involved in that. Uh, I am uh, the vice president, and in June, uh, I, I should become the president of that organization. And, and while we're talking about that, though, I want to correct one thing. I, I I was the mayor of the city of UP for two years, and in December of last year, I, I no longer am the mayor. So I just want to correct
0: that. That's okay. Okay. Not, so good. you were you were the mayor up until when now? De- December uh, 2019. Okay. All right. So you're, just, you're, you're on the council right now University Blazer, right?
5: Right. Now, now I'm on the council.
0: At you your hands filled being the chair of the sound transit board and then ascending to the heights of Washington cities. So why don't you just share with our listeners a little bit about, uh, I know the folks in Tacoma and the Black elected. you know who you are, because you remember like, you know, I used to see you when, when we could meet in person, but now we are on, on the tube, so to speak. But why don't you just uh, share with our listeners a little bit that don't know anything about University Place, about the location, the population, and the number of, uh, uh, the ethnic breakdown of the city. Yeah, certainly. Um,
5: University Place is uh, a medium-sized town for Pierce County. Actually, we're the fourth largest city in Pierce County. Uh, we have 32,000 uh, residents and growing. Uh, we're located west of Tacoma. If you know where the, uh, the Nellis Bridge is, it goes over to Harbor. We're just on the west side of that, on the Tacoma side of that bridge going along the water there uh, nested between Tacoma and Lakewood and Silicon. Uh So it's uh, we're about eight square miles, uh, 32,000 people. Uh, it, it's a uh, uh, middle, upper middle class uh, neighborhood. Uh, for those that might be, that have kids in school, uh, Curtis High School is the What is
0: the population?
5: Yeah, 32,000 is the population. And of that 32,000, we're probably around 9% uh, African-American.
0: And you also have uh, uh, African-American representation on the school board as well out there?
5: Uh, Yes, we do. Uh, We have two uh, women.
0: Did she vacate her position on the school board going into the Senate? Yeah, you know, I haven't talked to her about that.
5: Uh, I know most people do that, but there's no law that says you have to. So I don't support her
2: myself.
0: Okay, before we go, I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans had any further
2: questions or comments for you. Yeah, well, America, first, you know, for the people who don't know you, you're an ordained minister. I mean, I think people should understand that. And also that you've been twice inducted in the Smithsonian National Museum of American History, not just African-American history, American history. Uh, You you hosted and moderated uh, Clinton's National Education Technology Conference. These are some of the things I want our listenership to understand who you are as a a human being, because I think you're a great human being. But being inducted into the Smithsonian, what was that like? You know, that, that was quite
5: the experience. Uh, and actually, uh, myself and my team had, was inducted twice for two, uh, projects, um, in the education field. Um, my background, I'm a software engineer, uh, by training. And, uh, that's how I said my family, in technology, uh, my whole career. And so I, I had, earlier in my career, I had the distinct privilege of working in education. And uh, one of the big things that we did was, um, it's kind of passé right now because everybody is working from home, all the teachers, everything is working from home over the internet. But back in the early 90s, it wasn't done. Uh, We were one of the first to actually put homework online and uh, let people, let kids work from uh, home and upload things over the internet. Uh, What I did in Kent School District. Uh, District wide was, was actually uh,
0: among the first in the
5: world to, to actually
0: make that happen. Okay. Well, Mayor, uh, Councilman Kent and Chair of the Sound Transit Board, I want to thank you very much for your time today. And what we're doing is that we will be in touch with you uh, because you're in some very important positions. And we definitely want to try to use our influence to make sure that uh, the African descendants of the United States are slave and not forgotten. So, Merry Christmas to you, my brother. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me, and Merry Christmas to you, both. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with Dr. Ashley uh, uh, Ashley Cephas, uh, who is with Amazon, a brilliant young uh, lady. So, Eric, we'll take this break and come right back.
3: Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tequila and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly to find the closest link light rail station or to learn how to get an orca card just go to soundtransit.org and type link light rail into the search bar sound transits link light rail just another way that sound transit is powering progress
3: don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Okay, Eddie Ryan Hayward-Evans back uh, at Urban Forum Northwest on Christmas Eve. Our next guest is Dr. Nashalee Cephas. Uh, She's Applied Science Manager for Amazon's Artificial Technology, Technology, I guess, Intelligence, I should say. So Dr. Cephas, Hayward-Evans, and I want to welcome you to Urban Forum Northwest. And we're both involved with a project called the mlk gandhi empowerment initiative but i'd like to have you start off by uh, I've been reading your bio i see all these uh, advanced degrees and all the wonderful stuff you've done so why don't you just take a few minutes and share with our listeners a little bit about your background and what you're doing right now
6: hey yeah thank you so much for having me on the show i appreciate the opportunity uh, and yeah sure i'll give a, a quick introduction um as you said i'm, I'm dr nashley cephas and uh, my day job is an applied science manager at Amazon Web Services and um, the artificial intelligence team. And so there at Amazon, I focus on – I've been there for four years. I focus on uh, artificial intelligence technologies and not just the technology but ensuring that they're fair as well as we're mitigating any biases in the technology, including face recognition, face analysis, um, speech recognition, um, and even down to, like, handwriting text recognition. Um, and so that's kind of what I do on my team, and I lead for those services there. Uh, outside of that, I am uh, the founder of The Bean Path, uh, which is a nonprofit based in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm based in Atlanta myself, but I'm back and forth. Jackson is my hometown, born and raised there. And so uh, I wanted to bring uh, technology exposure to the city and so I created that nonprofit, and we've helped over 400 people. And they come in uh, to our one-on-one help sessions to learn anything about the computer, app development. Um, they just wanna they wanna learn how to start their own tech company. Um, and I, my, I have some background there because I was the actually the chief technology officer for a startup company started in Atlanta that we actually sold to Amazon back in 2016. And so kind of bringing that wealth and that knowledge back to, you know, our communities and wanting to make sure that we thrive. Uh, my latest project is a 12-acre mixed-use development project, a tech hub in downtown Jackson, Mississippi. So we're in the process of developing that right now. I just closed this year uh, back in September. So looking forward to all the things happening there.
0: And Dr. Stevens, did you share with our listeners a little bit about your educational background? It's very impressive.
6: Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I, I have a Ph.D. in computer engineering from Georgia Tech, um, based in Atlanta. And I got my undergrad in computer engineering, uh, actually a left school in computer engineering as well, um, from Mississippi State University. How
0: many how many black people at Amazon are doing the kind of job you're doing?
6: So that's and I'm not happy to say this, but uh, I'm I'm the only black female. Uh, applied scientists at Amazon out of like a thousand uh, I think there may be two or three uh black men um uh, and, and they were recently hired within the past year or two, but I've been there for four years and and unfortunately that's been the case. um but we've done a lot to myself personally has done a lot to try to change that um and advocate on you know better recruiting processes, um eliminating biases in our in our vetting structure um and all sorts of things like that.
0: Well, uh, January 31st, uh, before the COVID-19 got all the way in, uh, they had invited my daughter Angela to be the black history speaker, uh, but the Black Employee Network in Amazon then invited Mm -hmm. me, so I was able to do the black history uh, uh, speech uh, at at Amazon headquarters in Seattle. But you were coming back and forth to Seattle as well, right?
6: Yeah, yeah. prior to COVID, um, I was probably in Seattle uh, at least once a month, sometimes twice a month uh, for the past uh, two or three years, at least. Um, been going back and forth from Atlanta to the West Coast, uh, working remotely. And as you know, we've totally changed the way uh, we say people work remotely now, whereas you got folks in teams who, you know, would always say no to people working from somewhere off-site. Uh, now everybody's moving towards that. So. Uh, fortunately, I've been able to not have to travel so much and focus on, you know, some of the projects I'm working on, I even starting a garden, uh, and I'm just really enjoying just, you know, being in one place, uh, you know, for a little while.
0: I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans has a comment or question for you, Dr. Sapers. Uh Dr. Siepers, okay. first, let me uh, thank you. And man, I wish I would have met
2: you all the time that you've been to Seattle. We've never had, I've never had the privilege. And hopefully yeah. one day I will have that privilege. Very, very yeah, I'm impressed with sure. your credentials and what you've done on Amazon. I know you're planting the seed with them that they need to hire more descendants of Africans enslaved here in the United States. <laughs> the black folks who've mm-hmm. been around for a while. But Eddie was sharing with you earlier that we have a special project we're working on here, uh, MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative, specifically to mm-hmm. teach to teach people the technology or get them the skills so that they can enter jobs in companies like Amazon and, and build a successful career. Is, is that similar to what you're going to be doing down there with your, uh, uh, with the campus in Jacksonville?
6: Yeah. Yeah. So, so in Jackson, uh, Mississippi, we are creating this uh, area in the, the downtown area, which, uh, you know, as you know, Jackson, Mississippi is, uh, that's a majority uh, black city, one of the most densely populated black cities in the country. Um, and it has, uh, you know, of course, a lot of black people, a lot of small businesses, but not a lot of black ownership, especially in the downtown area. And so uh, I was fortunately able to, to pull this off. And believe me, it was not easy um, dealing with banks who don't want to work with you and then not looking like your typical investor. And at some points, uh, it didn't matter how much money you had in the bank. If people don't want to work with you, they just don't want to work with you, is what I realized. And uh, ironically, after closing on the property, uh, a lot of those same people in the same banks are, are now knocking at my door. Uh, so it's just ironic how these things work. But I finally understand why it's so difficult uh, for, you know, black people to own property. It's um, just really trying to do a project like this in general. Um, but, yes, the idea... Is to have uh, things like uh, a maker space. So uh, maker space is like a like a lab space where you can use things like 3D printers, carpentry equipment, metal cutting equipment, any tools and equipment that you can use to pretty much make anything. Um, so it really ties into the entrepreneurship and innovation. Uh, we also have an incubator building. Uh, so the total of 12 acres and includes seven buildings. And we're also in the process of acquiring the two adjacent lots to make that 12 acres uh, 16 acres and, and add an additional four buildings to it. Um, we also have conference and training centers to teach tech skills. Um, uh, we have a coding boot camp that's coming to the area. Uh, a lot of people, we're just trying to bring the tech community together so that people can realize that, hey, this is an option for you. Technology and tech fields are for us. We are very innovative, we very brilliant people, and we can do it just like the next person.
0: Well, Dr. Cephas, I certainly hope that you will uh, uh, lend some of your expertise to when, when you start traveling back and forth. We don't have to go too far now, but we would like to have you look at some of the things that we're doing and like to have your input, and also would like to have you uh, help us out when you can.
6: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would love to. Um, I'm all about, you know, pushing the narrative and advocating for uh, the equity, the tech equity in our communities. And so uh, I'm happy to lend a helping hand and and anything I can do to help, just let me know.
0: And I also want to find out, uh, uh, well, I guess you won't be coming to Seattle too soon, but we'll be sending you some information. Uh, Can you give us some other ideas about uh, technology companies, how they're doing and how, uh, we as Blacks can uh, access opportunities. Uh, there, I guess once you get the skills, it's not difficult to get a job. But getting the skills has probably been the, the biggest challenge that we have. What would you suggest people do to uh, not Well, I, I know that you have to go. You got a, a, a PhD from, uh, from uh, uh, Georgia, uh, yeah,
4: Georgia yeah. Tech,
0: so I, I, everybody yeah. can't do that. But there's a lot yeah, of yeah. training that can be ha- that occur in a short period of time. How much time do you think it would take somebody to be trained two or three days a week uh, to be able to get a, 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 a position with one of the tech companies?
6: Yeah, so so that's a there's a lot of lot of ways I can answer that question. So let me first start out by saying you don't need a PhD to get into the tech field. Um, I, I chose that route, and there's reasons I chose that route, um, but you definitely don't have to. And And also I try to tell people, like, come up with a goal, come up with a problem you're trying to solve, focus on that, and then let that lead your path, your career path into the tech industry. Um, You know, just saying, hey, I want to learn how to code, is probably not going to get you that far if you don't know why you're trying to learn how to code. Um, You may say, hey, I want to help people um, not get hacked by computers. That's cybersecurity and network security. You may want to say, I want to – a lot of data and learn patterns from that data so that we can um, you know pretend like uh, you know the computer is a human to to help us out in in our everyday lives that's artificial intelligence Um, you may want to say I want to help make things run faster That's optimization and and software architecture so it's several different ways you can get into it but just make sure you have a a passion and a why behind what you're doing Um, now that also leads to what path you take um, there are people in the tech fields who work for startups, they work for themselves, they work for big tech companies. Um, there's a whole gamut of ways to get into that area. And so uh, there are several boot camps out there um, and accelerator and incubator programs that can help you um, learn coding, everything from uh, front, we call it front-end development, which is like website design and uh, javascript and everything for like back-end development which is if you want to get into the lower level coding like what happens below beneath all the fancy graphics um you can also if you're a mathematical and statistical analytical type person there's data analytics and data science um, and learning about how do we crunch numbers and learn patterns from uh things that have happened in the past and so uh there was several boot camps out there. If you do want to go to school, you know, computer science, computer engineering programs, um, or just engineering in general, uh, we there's no shortage of uh, funding for students. All of my uh, classmates uh, who went into engineering all got funded, um, especially if you're black and you want to go into these fields. There's funding available for you. One was uh, for me, I had several scholarships. I actually never paid for school from undergrad all the way to Ph.D., um, and as long as you're taking care of business and you're making the grades and you're putting in the work, you're getting the help you need, you can you can make that happen, too. And so also I say if you want to get a Ph.D. on top of that, that's usually more so if you're, if you're more of a research-type person. If you want to know – you don't just want to take the answer. You want to know why that is the answer and maybe even come up with a different answer. Um, find out why are, uh, why are black communities being affected more by COVID. Um, how can machine learning and artificial intelligence be used to help that? Then you want to say, hey, I do want to get my advanced degree and get a PhD and do some research, publish some papers, and then maybe come up with your own startup company. There are so many different ways to um, to go about it.
0: So, so uh, Hayward, I want to make sure my, my co-host, do you have a question or comment, Hayward? Yeah, I just love what
2: she's saying because, you know, we're in this new industrial revolution. It's innovation and technology, and everybody should be getting on board with it right now. And so I, I know that we're pushing it up here. You know, you and I are pushing it big time for our, for our community. Uh, I'd just like to know what's Amazon doing right now in light of number 45, the current person occupying the People's House? <laughs> in light of 45, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what just happened with all the hacking? Has Amazon been under attack as well by these foreign uh, intruders? So I, I like
6: to say anybody who has a phone, anybody who's on the Internet, anybody who's ever signed up for anything ever in life, you are susceptible to hacking. Um, There are – there's a big, huge push for – to get people into the cybersecurity and network security fields, um, especially on the government side, because there's so many vulnerabilities out there. Um, So whether you're an Amazon, whether you're a Google uh, or other company, uh, we've seen it before with um, the big – uh, credit bureau companies getting hacked and uh, everything from, you know, uh, stores, retailers, um, it can happen to anybody. Um, now I don't know exactly what happened with the Amazon situation. Um, but yes, anybody, we actually, they actually teach us how to hack when you're in school in computer science and computer engineering. It's actually a lot easier than you think.
0: I want to let everybody know that uh, you're listening to Dr. Nashley Cephas. Ah uh, she is an applied science manager for amazon's artificial te- intelligence uh so uh she's way up there. she is uh, one sister uh in the whole how many people have that division dr Seifert?
6: Uh, so like it's like a thousand i think we we have at least a thousand applied scientists at amazon and uh only, only one black female uh, that's myself
0: okay and and you and so you' gonna help us raise up some more with the MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative, we hope. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, we're looking forward to your help too, because uh, uh, you know, we got all these tech companies right around here. We're African descendants of the United States and slave are way underrepresented. We saw some numbers recently from uh, the president of the, of the MLK Gandhi Initiative, uh, Ram Kumar Dixit, And uh, it, the numbers were really, really small. And we know that uh, a lot of those folks are not African descent of the United States enslaved. And I'm, I'm not happy against anybody else. But after 400 years of building this joint for free, as my daughter would say, it's time for us mm-hmm. to get paid. So but uh, uh, Dr. Cephas, I want to thank you for your time today. I want you to have you and your family have a Merry Christmas. And uh, we're going to stay in touch because we need your guidance and we need your support and your insight to make sure that whatever we do here, that it maximizes opportunities for our people in the technology industries, especially with this digital uh, kind of concept that's being used now. We don't wanna be left out again. So thank you very much. Okay. And uh, when you do come back to Seattle, if I come down to Jackson to see and Benny Thompson, I'm gonna definitely have to look you up. So you and oh, your yeah, family have yeah. a very Merry Christmas. Congratulations on all the successes that you've had. And we look forward to speaking with thank you again.
6: You. Thank you so much. You all have a good one. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Okay,
0: Merry Christmas. Okay, this has been uh, another edition of Urban Forum Northwest with co-hosts Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. I want to thank uh, Councilman Kent Keel from University Place, uh, State Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, Chair of the House Education Committee, and a member of the capital budget. I want uh, the, uh, the M.L. Uh, McKinney Center people to understand that she's also in the capital budget committee. So uh, Hayward Evans, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, brother. And I I will talk to you a little later. Okay, thank you, Eric. Merry Christmas to you, to you and all of the KKNW people, everybody at Hubbard.